I want to thank uh, Maddie last week for sharing her story. You know, and um, I want to thank you all too for, for, I know a lot of people were talking to her about that, which is funny because I uh, remember part of her story is the social anxiety. And I was saying, oh, is it bugging you that everybody's coming and talking to you? And she goes, well, I had to get ready for it, which, which is true. I mean, that's a really thing. So, and I appreciate everybody who's told their story because we're asking them to put it online and everybody sees it. So it's a big ask. And I appreciate you sharing because um, it just means a lot. It really does mean a lot. I want to mention this too. We are going to open the altars after the service and pray. And this week's story will elicit different needs. But if you have something else you want to pray for, if you need prayer for you know, healing or gifts of the Spirit or whatever God is putting on your heart, we will pray for that as well. I just want to let you know ahead of time that we're going to spend some time down here and we want to pray for you. I want to also mention this, and this is a very important thing to think about. We are not naive about the fact that as we deal with each of these issues, we know that it's not done necessarily. God certainly does miracles. I've seen it. I've seen him change people like that. But a lot of times the change is progressive and we've got to walk through it and walk in obedience. You know, I reminded that story where Jesus um, healed the lepers. Do you remember that story? I mean, he did it a couple times. One of the times he heals the lepers and it literally says, as they walked, they were healed. None of those words are in there by, by chance. Because there's other times he healed them and boom, they healed right in front of him. But as they walked, he told them, go to, the, go to the priest. And I don't know how it was. Honestly, we weren't there. But I can imagine, I've seen leper, leper victims. I'll bet you they were kind of looking like, all right, I'm going. And they're probably checking parts to see what's going on. And they were healed. So it's important to remember that you walk through this. You make choices and you choose to allow God to work in your heart and he works in your heart. And sometimes it takes time. You need time to digest, to, to think about, to make changes, to surrender to God. As much as I wish everything happened overnight, it doesn't work that way. I know we live in an instant society where if the microwave is too slow, we're wondering what's wrong. Or if our, we don't have connectivity, how often does that happen? You're thinking, why isn't this loading? I mean, you're looking at an va- actual miracle in the first place. You've got a computer in your hand that can, you know, that's got, I've heard this a lot, that it's got more computing power than what sent men to the moon, and yet it gets, we get frustrated when it doesn't, you know, work quickly. So let's, let's understand that we are planting seeds for growth, and for some of us, you, you need to talk to somebody. You may need to go work with a counselor or a pastor or somebody and work through these issues. How's that for an introduction? You ready for this? All right, I'm going to ask you a couple questions before we show this week's video because I want you to be set up and ready for this. Who are you? Can I ask you that? I heard somebody say their name, which I appreciate, and that's true. I mean, really, who are you? You ever thought about this before? And this is something you, mankind has grappled with this concept for literally 2,500 years of recorded history, at least. Who are you? Who are you really? I don't know why, I just thought of this funny story. It's funny to me. But when we had Grace, uh, we lived in L.A. at the time. We had her in Anaheim at a Kaiser, big hospital. And it it, it was nothing like the birthing centers we had the other two kids, or probably where some of you have had your kids where it's super nice, looks like somebody's house. Not like that. It's kind of rough. And you could hear everything going on, and you could hear each baby being born and the lead up to that, if you know what I mean, which added to the anxiety of our own child. And um, Grace came after midnight, and at... 11, well, at midnight, 12.02 or whatever, what would happen is every time a baby was born, they'd call out the date and time and everything. 
and the weight and all that stuff. And so you could hear all this going down. And so there's a baby born and they yell out the name and then they yell out or the yellow, uh, the, the time was like 12.02 or 12.03. And then they're like, uh, just a minute. Um, actually, that was 11.58. And we're like, wait, what? And I looked at the nurse and they're like, yeah, a lot of people, because that was Halloween day. And the nurse goes, yeah, a lot of people don't want their baby born on Halloween. Now ours was, and we loved it. She was our little pumpkin and we had a lot of fun with Halloween. But I always have thought... Okay, who are you then? If you really, if, are we really born? I mean, does it matter? What matters? So who are you? Here's, you're at least four people. Think about this for a second with me. If you'll walk on this brain trip with me. You're who you think you are. All right? You're who you want people to think you are. And think about how many of those people we are. Because we act different when we're in different contexts, don't we? Like, I don't always have to be in charge, but then there's times I have to be in charge. I mean, we're different people to different people, and we project a different image. So we're at least those two people. Then we're who people think we are. And how many different times is that where different people think you're different because they've seen you in different contexts? I mean, think about how it was the first time you saw one of your teachers out at the mall or something. And you're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> right? Like they can't shop or don't go to the grocery store, or right? And then the fourth one is the real one. That's who God says you are. That's who God says you are. And who's right? Who are you really? I mean, who you, who, who you are really is who God says you are. And what's more important? What, which of those is the most important one? You'd all say God, right? But who are you most worried about? It's what other people think most of the time, correct? I mean, you walk around, not, not all of you, but a lot of us, we walk around and we're worried about this image or that, or if I say it this way or that. And then for good or bad, I mean, the, the social media has kind of dropped a lot of that. And people say a lot of things they probably wouldn't say if they were face-to-face. Do you like who you are? Do you like it really? I mean, do you like how God made you? Are there times where you're not super happy with some aspect of who you are? I mean, how many... No, I'm not asking for hands right here, but... How many wish you were a little taller? Or a little shorter? Or... A little thinner, or maybe not so skinny, or, right? Or you would change something about yourself if you could, because you're just not happy. It doesn't fit whatever you think it should be. I mean, as we work through these things, it gets crazy. I mean, you wish you're better looking, or, you know, it's an interesting study. They've done this where they they will judge, they will uh, survey people in different cultures. You know what beauty is most often defined? It's the average for whatever that culture's face and shape and look like. Isn't that interesting? It's like our eyes pick out the differences and then it's just how, how we're designed. Psychology Today uh, published a study. It was a multiple university study that they sponsored. And the study was, was basically self-perception and self-image. And what would people change about themselves? The, the opening line of the study just made me cringe a little bit. It said this, our body is our personal billboard providing others with first and sometimes the only impression of who we are. Thought about that and I thought, man, that's true and frightening. Traditionally, women have been more concerned about looks than men, but in this study, they said in the last 30 years, it's accelerated to the point where it's not equal, but close. Guess what the number one issue people have with themselves is? Wait, I heard somebody say wait. Wait, you want me to wait and tell you? 
or you know what they said in the study <laughs> okay you know that like how many of you have ever looked at that scale of how like your weight is supposed to be compared to your height you ever look at that all right you know what they say the average person in the united states is a minimum of 25 pounds over that you know what i always think is but i'm kind of big boned i'd like to can we <laughs> can we <laughs> they never add that in can you check a box for big boned on there they never do that but think about the world we live in. How do we get the image of what we're supposed to be? For the most part, it's, it's magazines or pictures, right? Have you seen the amount of Photoshopping that goes into those pictures? Trim a little off here, add something here, a little there. Have you seen those? It's insane. How, much, how many times the person you look at in a magazine is not real? It's not, I mean, that's a person. It's just what you ended up seeing isn't the actual person. I'm going to think about the other things that we look at that aren't real. I mean, it's crazy how... We look at things like, you know, TV ads, commercials, cool looking thin people shopping where if you shopped, what's the point? If you shopped there, if you bought that thing, you'd look like them and what? But we do that. We buy into it all the time. We watch it all the time. And those things are flooding over us like this is what's normal or ideal all the time. TV, movie stars, and again, social media. (laughs) I, I think I shared this with you before. How many times, how many pictures somebody takes to get the right selfie? Have you seen that, those numbers? It's insane. It's like over 25 pictures to get one picture because you want your best side or, well, that picture makes my nose look bigger or whatever it is that you're trying to fix. So who are you really? And do you like who God made you to be? It's not new. I know you're sitting there thinking, well, I know social media has made it worse, and it has, but can you imagine living in the Greek culture where there's these chiseled people these ideal bodies all naked all around right like thank god we don't have that so are you your looks is that who you really are are you are you one of those features your abilities what you contribute to the world where do you find your identity i mean who are you and do you like who god made you to be are you those things and what 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 about some things that maybe you've grown up with that maybe you couldn't even change and it's just who you were? And maybe as you grew up, <clears throat> have you ever wondered why people pick on each other or make fun of each other? Why do we do that? What flaw is it in humanity that, that creates that? Makes them feel larger to make someone else feel smaller? Are they just jealous or maybe insecure? Maybe they're just mean. Maybe they're broken. You heard that phrase, hurt people, hurt people. And that cycle just continues and they're made fun of and then they make fun of people and sometimes people do it to be accepted. It's as if they're included by excluding and they don't realize that someday that's going to come back around. So we watched this story today. I just want you to think about how you can relate to this story. Let's watch. Hey, my name is Ian Hildebrand and this is my Jesus story. When I was born, I was diagnosed with alopecia universalis, which means I cannot grow hair anywhere on my body. It wasn't easy growing up with alopecia universalis. You know, growing through elementary and middle school, it was, it was a tough time trying to meet new people. Kids would always stare or they would, they would call me names, you know. I, would, I, was, I grew up ridiculed and um, they would always exclude me from anything. So I grew to be 
I'm pretty shy. Um, I struggle to make any friends outside of church, so I tried to hide. I would put a hat on or anything like that, a hood or anything I could hide behind, and I would stay away from any kind of social interaction with anybody. So uh, fine arts has always been a big thing in my family. We always believe that it's a, it's a, a tool God gave us to uh, develop talents that he blesses with um, to share his gospel. And uh, growing up, I was always able to choose which one I wanted to do. Uh, so I've always done like a picture or art or something easy that I could not, you know, show my face behind. Um, and so my dad came up to me when I was in eighth grade and he said, uh, Ian, you're, you ready for fine arts? And I said, uh, yeah, I got a picture picked out. And he told me, he's like, no. Um, I was like, what do you mean no? He's like, you're going to be doing more than just a picture this year. I said, what do you mean? you're gonna do a short sermon along with the picture. And that terrified me, I did not want to do that. Uh, I was so shy and I said no. And uh, I fought him on it, but then I finally gave in because he's my dad. Um, and I, I, I didn't want to do it, so I didn't put my 100% into it. Uh, so when it came along to a couple weeks before Fine Arts, we were um, at Sunday service and they were doing worship and so God spoke to me in worship and he said, Ian, why are, you, why are you hiding? He said, you are beautiful the way you are. I made you this way for, for a purpose and you were meant to reach out and help other people like you. And he said, no longer walk in fear because you can have confidence in me. And that night I took off the hat and I said, you know what God, um, if you said I can have your confidence, I'll trust you and I'll try it out. After the fact that I chose to walk in confidence with God, um, you know, it doesn't change the fact that people are gonna make fun of me, that people are gonna look at me differently. Um, but I have been able to make a lot more relationships that actually are meaningful. And I feel they're gonna be lifelong relationships, or at least um, they're gonna affect how I'm gonna live my life. Uh, I have developed a lot of relationships uh, moving here to Crown Point, you know, there's lots of people that really stuck out and came up to me and talked to me, and we have tight relationships like that. And at school, I still struggle with bullies, but you know, I I can get beyond that, and I have been able to make friends and um, that kind of stuff. I would say that God made you that way. It wasn't a mistake. He has plans for the way he made you. Um, there's ways that you will be able to affect others that nobody else can. Um, it's a tool, it's not a curse. My name is Ian Hildebrand, and this is my Jesus story. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate you sharing that. So many things stuck out to me in that story. I mean, you're beautiful how I made you. I made you this way to help other people. It's a tool, not a curse. 
No longer walk in fear. You can walk in confidence in me. I chose to walk in confidence. It doesn't change how other people, but it changed him. It changed him. Let's take a look at that Psalm 139 for a second. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God told him, you're beautiful how I made you. Can you say that? Can you say that about yourself? Have you accepted that about yourself? You're not a mistake. You are not a mistake. Nothing about you is a mistake. When God created you in the womb, he made, he made a unique person. At that moment of conception, that's what's so amazing about God and how creative he is. Created a brand new person. Brand new at the moment of conception. Before your parents even probably knew that they had you. That's one of the things about conception and about even this, this whole issue with, with ending you know, an abortion and all. I think about before you were even born, God made you unique and special with unique qualities that have never existed on the planet before. Unique in every single way. And it's further than just your fingerprints. And uh, I heard this the other day. It made me laugh. Did you know your tongue is also like a fingerprint? <laughs> Not that you're, I mean, just it's weird, but. You talk about a God who can do that. Well, he made you too. He made the rest of you unique also. And unique with a purpose in mind. When he creates you, he makes you how you are. Now, as humans, we're, we're mean and evil and we pick on differences and notice things. And, but he made those things. Whether you're short, tall, wide, narrow, however you want to say it. He made you. He made you that way. He wasn't surprised by you. Don't let the changing standards of our world's definition of beauty judge who you are or have anything to do with your self-image or your value in anybody's eyes. God doesn't do that. He's not like that. He wanted you. That's why he made you. He wanted you. Of course, there's health. I mean, we need to watch health and growth. I get all that. God made you with unique gifts and talents. And he didn't just give them to you just for them to sit there. He gave them to you because he has things for you to do with those that no one else can do. And it's, it's an ability and it's, he's creative that way. You know why he creates? I believe this. I believe it's part of his nature. It's who he is. He creates because he's a creative God. That's why he gave us work to do because part of who he is and his identity he's put in us is to take those things and to also create. When I look at the creation that God has made, I'm amazed over and over and over. But don't fall short and not see the creative um, amazingness in the people he made as well. He loves what he gave you. Do you ever think about that? That you are especially created by God and loved by him the way he made you? He made you that way. He wants you to love it and embrace it, to be grateful for it, to celebrate it. And you know what? We'll celebrate with you. We will. Every single one of us will do it. That's who we are, and that's how God has made us. Well, the other thing that Ian said that God told him, I made you this way to help other people. 
It's a tool, not a curse. That part just nailed me between the eyes. And I think about how so often we hide the uniqueness or the things that God has made us or even the things he's brought us through when those are the very things that you can use to help be a healing tool for him. He made you so you can be a tool. Who else could relate? I'm telling you, there's probably so many people who struggle with what what Ian walks with that are living in that same locked up place where they're embarrassed or hide and he can show them a world that they could never see if it wasn't through him. We are the same way, though. He has a plan for you. And he created you, and he can use you, not in spite of the way you are, but because of the way you are. You have a unique platform to, to speak to people and to reach people that no one else has because of who he's made you to be. I'm going to say this. If, if you think God can't use you, or whatever it is that you're thinking about right now, then your view of God is too small. It's too small. Because he is way bigger than any of that. He has none of our limitations. He, he made you that way and he can use you. And if you don't know how, it's only because you haven't opened your mind to a great God who can do great things through whatever he wants. He's the, he's the in, in the book, in, in, like in these, Jeremiah uses that example of, of us being clay and him the, the potter. He makes you a certain way. And then what he does is he wants to use you in unique ways that only you could be used in. That's what he does. He's a master of that. He's the master of taking things and making them beautiful. He's the master of, of taking things that maybe we don't understand and then turning them into something good. That's why in, in Romans 8.28, the Apostle Paul says, All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. He is the master of it. He can take those things and work beautiful things what he does he does it over and over and over you might be thinking i don't know how he can use me well let's start with where he can use you maybe from the where you can figure out how because how about where you live and where you work and where you play and where you go and and what you write and and how you are on social media and your attitude and your words how can you do this i think ian said it when god told him no longer work, walk in fear. You can walk in confidence in me. Not to walk in fear, but to walk in confidence. Ian chose to walk in confidence. He chose that. And he said this, and it's true. It doesn't change other people. It changes you. I'm gonna, you, you have a choice in life. I mean, we all are dealt a certain cards. Now, for you old AG people, they're probably rook cards, but... We're all dealt cards. How you play them makes all the difference in the world. It's true. I'm going to use a couple analogies. I'm going to mix metaphors here. We have certain things. I mean, we, we are served a certain serve. How you choose to respond to it. It's not so much what happens to you. It's what you allow to happen in you. Now, you can sulk and hide and complain and wish it was different, or you can do like what Ian did, and he accepted that, and he said he chose not to be a victim, but instead to be a victor. You can choose that. It changes everything. I'm not saying it was fair or right or any of that, but I'll tell you, Ian is an inspiration to me, to me, to accept things that about myself or things that God is, that have happened, and to use them, choose them to use them for God's glory. You can do that. You can take something that looks like a negative and he turns it into a positive by how you allow him to work in your life and what you allow him to do through that thing. You can choose that. 
It's really, it's not easy, but God will do it. Something that maybe you've seen as a limitation or some problem that you've had, or even as I'm talking about this, you're probably thinking about it right now, right? Maybe you were picked on for something. And maybe it's something that you've walked with all these years, and it's something in the back of your mind, and maybe every time you look in the mirror, you're like, oh, there's that thing that people have kidded me for or teased me about or rejected me over. Or maybe it's a memory in your past, and you've allowed that thing to, to limit you or limit what you think you can do for God. Maybe it's something that goes all the way back to high school or middle school. Maybe something that happened on your job or in your family or maybe even here at church. Be careful not to blame God for what people do. Don't blame God for what people do. You're probably thinking of something right now. As I was writing this sermon, I really felt like this would be a prophetic moment for some of you. For some of you, you need to be healed from that thing. Clearly, it's not the same as what Ian has dealt with, but something. And it's something that you need to release to God and allow him to heal. Again, it's not as if you were, it, it was right. What happened to you was wrong. And what, what has been said to you was wrong. But what happens is you carry those things and forgiving for that and moving past that actually gives you freedom and puts you in a place where God can use you. That's what he does, and he's what he wants to do. And I feel like there's people here, if you carried the past, the pain of those things, and you need to give it up, you need to let it go, and you need to let him heal you. It's something you've been carrying for a long time. Maybe you were picked on, teased, or hurt, or abandoned, or, or abused, or maybe cheated, or cheated on, or didn't get the proper recognition, or racism, or sexism, or you've been mocked. And you're letting the pain of that interfere with your relationship with God because you're holding back a little because it was wrong, And you're upset about it. And you're wondering, God, why did you let that happen? For some of you, it's it's interfering with relationships with others because you are holding back and you're guarded in those areas where God wants you to open up and be free. For some of you, it's it's actually keeping you from God using you because you think you're not worthy. And the fact is, he wants to use you and he wants to free you. He wants it to be different for you because he can do that. That's what he does. He's a God of the universe. He made you in the first place. And he can take whatever that is and turn that that pain into purpose. I think there's a lot of times where we carry pain. And the part of it that's hurtful the most is we don't see any purpose. But part of it is because we're not allowing God to heal it and turn it into purpose. When I heard Ian's story, I felt so many emotions. I felt anger for the people who've teased you. We've probably all had kids that have had stories that they've told. And we've wanted to go back and protect them, intervene on their behalf. Most of the time we can. It's something in the past. I also thought about areas in my life that I could, I could relate to. I could empathize, sympathize with him. This thought occurred to me as well. There's probably people in this room or in the sound of my voice who've been the bully. And hearing that story made you feel guilty about something that you did in your past, maybe as a child or maybe not even as a child. I want to tell you this. You can be free too. That God heals that too. He heals. It's what he does. He takes the brokenness of who we are and sometimes it's things that have been done to us. Sometimes it's things we've done and we, we have all that brokenness and, and really we come to him and you have a choice to hold on to that or to let him heal you. He heals. 
It's what he does. And he turns broken things into beautiful things. It's what he does. Are you ready to walk in confidence with God like Ian? I'm going to ask the worship team to join me up here. I want you to think about this for a minute. God will do for you what he's done for Ian. He will. He will do that for you. But the choice is yours. Here's the thing. He doesn't doesn't force himself on any of us. He doesn't do that with our faith in believing on him. He wants you to choose that. C.S. Lewis said it this way. He gives us just enough about himself so that we can choose him or we can reject him. And he does that because he wants a free choice from you. He wants you to have a true, real love relationship. Nothing coerced, nothing forced. But the same thing is true with healing. He wants you to come to him and be willing to change and to open your pain. He wants you to tell him about it. For some people, it, the, the very beginning of it is just telling about it. And sometimes recognizing and acknowledging the fact I was hurt when this happened. I didn't realize how much pain it's been. For some of us, we're holding on to some unforgiveness and even as I say that and as I've been talking, maybe there's been somebody that's popped into your mind that has said some things or done some things that you know that that, that thing you need to heal. You need healed. You need to let it go. I don't know what that is. That's between you and God. But I do know this, that what he does is he changes us. As Ian said, there's still going to be people that are going to mock or ridicule. That's human nature. But he changes you. He changes you. So when those things happen anymore, they're not painful anymore. They bounce right off. What he does is he takes care of the pain. He takes away the bitterness. He takes away us focusing on that so that we can focus on him or even maybe have compassion. I think that's part of why Jesus said, forgive those who mistreat you. He said to do that. And part of why he was saying that is it frees you. It frees you to move into how what God wants to do in your life and to use you in ways that maybe you couldn't see before because maybe you didn't feel worthy or you didn't feel like you could because of whatever this thing is. Do you remember where all this started? The verse, verse we read in Psalm 139 where it talked about how God knew you and he created you in your mother's womb and he knew you before one of your days were even born when you were born. It doesn't end there. It goes even further than that. Verse 17 and 139 is something that I I think about a lot. I think about this verse a lot because I don't feel worthy of being on God's mind. But he put it in there on purpose because, and I think he intentionally put it right after he said, I made you how I made you. And then he says this. David writes, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you are still with me. You may have felt abandoned by God because of something that has happened or the, the way you looked or something about yourself that you didn't think was good. What I'm here to tell you today is not only did God create you with those things, he has a purpose for you and you're on his mind. He thinks about you. The God of the universe is actually thinking about you. Not about you. I have trouble thinking about more than one thing at a time. He doesn't. He not only thinks about everything and keeping the whole world balanced, but he thinks about each and every one of us. And we all matter to him. 
You mattered, you mattered on the day that you were conceived and he created you in your mother's womb. You've mattered every day since and you matter today. He's thinking about you today. I'm going to ask you all to shut your eyes for a second. And in a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be prayed for. I, I don't want anybody to feel hesitant just because you wonder like what people will think. It doesn't matter what they think. Quite honestly, you're welcome to come be prayed for for anything so they wouldn't know what you're getting prayed for anyway. But I want to start with this. With everybody's eyes closed, I ask you to do that just to give just a sense of private moment in a room full of people. Even as you're watching online, I want you to think about this for a second. I want to ask a question here. You may be sitting here today and maybe, maybe you don't actually have a relationship with God at all. Maybe you have had one and you've pushed him away. Or maybe for you it's been a progressive thing where you, you've been open to it. But now today, if what I'm saying is true, that you would actually like to start a relationship with God. Maybe you realize that you've been trying to do your life all by yourself and it hasn't worked out. And yet, if it's true that he made you the way he made you and loves you and cares about you, if that's true, then you want a relationship with him and you'd like to start that today. It's not a hard thing. It's simple like this. You acknowledge the fact that you've rejected him. You acknowledge the fact that you've done things that were wrong. You ask him to forgive you. He sent his son to die on the cross to forgive you. He will forgive you. And you just tell him that you want a relationship with him. Is there anybody here like that today? If you're watching online, you can respond there. If you're here in this room, if you just raise your hand and we can pray for you, I would love to pray for you this morning. Anybody at all like that? You want to start a relationship with him? Anybody at all? All right, let's do this. Keep your eyes closed for just a minute. I just, I'm wondering, again, you you may need healing for this and you may it may be such a tender moment for you that you want to keep that private and that's fine but I wonder how many of you you need healing for some things you need you need to to hear Ian's story and make that your story because God is telling you the same thing today you are beautiful he made you beautiful and he made you in such a way that you don't have to live in fear But instead, you can take his confidence and you can live that out. I'm wondering if anybody here, you just need to be healed of something today. Anybody at all. I do see those hands and you're welcome to raise them. I appreciate that. This next question, you don't have to raise your hand for these things, but maybe you're here today and you realize that you've got some forgiveness and bitterness issues that you just need to give up today. Maybe that's you. And maybe for you, you need to be forgiven of some things you've done. I want to pray with you, but as we do that, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And if you're part of our our prayer team, maybe you're on the staff or the board or a spouse or some of you who are on the prayer team, I'd like you to come forward right now because we want to spend some time in prayer with you. And as the worship team leads us, we're going to pray. And again, we can pray for a lot of things. If you just need guidance, what, maybe you're wondering today, well, how could God use me? I'm not sure. But maybe you'd want to come forward and pray with someone about that and see what God would do. Maybe for you, it's something else. Maybe it's physical healing or, or something else. Whatever it is, I want to invite you to come as a worship team, as a worship team sings. I want to pray with you this morning. All my life you have been faithful. 
Father, we are so grateful for your goodness. We're thankful, God, that you do chase after us. God, we're grateful for how you made us, and I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us now to walk in in confidence, the confidence that you give us, and that you would help us speak to us, show us ways that you want to use us in ways that we have never seen before. God, we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm curious before you guys leave. Anybody here uh, 55 or older? Anybody at all? I what no you, I know some okay, well let me just say this we have the best and most amazing um, prime timers meeting it'll be happening this Tuesday night fifty five and all I hope you come because it is a lot of fun God bless you have a great day encourage each other write some stories if you want to record a story you have an opportunity to do that right after service bless you guys. <laughs>